Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 5 who I believe may actually have feeling in his toes again. Uh, I am slowly thawing out, yes, the feeling has regained and... Uh... But, you know, I, I'll take that any time we, uh, we get a game like today. Yeah, so what the hell was that? <laughs> I, I got uh, nothing, man. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here going, um, did we swap defenses with Purdue? Was that part of the pregame negotiation and nobody bothered to tell us that? Um, yeah, that was insane. I, I, I think you could probably pull all of the... Let's be honest, 17,000 people at TCF Bank Stadium and ask uh, if anybody had a final score of Minnesota 42 and Purdue 10, and you would have gotten laughed out of that place. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. And uh, But you know what? I think we, we take it any 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 given Saturday, and uh, lo and behold, you know, even though everybody might have thought the season was uh, basically effectively over after last week, we just got to win one of our last two, and uh, we're going bowling. Yeah, I mean... Seriously, like, okay, here's where I, I'm speechless, so here's where I, I come with my uh, slightly uh, embarrassed admission where I had two choices today. I could sit at home on a beautiful day here in Cincinnati and watch this football game and potentially have my whole weekend ruined like Illinois did to me, or I could go out and enjoy photography, which is like my side my side hobby. So I figured... Eh, I'll go out, shoot some shots, and then meet up with my buddy Matt, who's a Purdue fan at halftime. That way, whatever the game is, if it's a good game, awesome. But more than likely, when Minnesota's losing, no big deal. You know, have some beer. And then, instead, Minnesota's winning. And as soon as we sit down at the table, Cashman happens for that 46-yard strip, uh, strip scoop and score. And I am now kind of drunk and giddy. So... I am not the best one for thoughts on the game. Andy, I'm just going to turn it right back to you because you definitely were there as opposed to my half attention span. Yeah, you know, um, like I said, it, it, it's remarkable. The Gophers started off, got the uh, the ball after Purdue won the toss and decided to defer, and the Gophers marched down the field. Um, you know, it was a... Uh, 13-play, 16-yard drive, chewed up 7 minutes and 44 seconds of the first quarter. Pretty much set the tone right there. Basically said, okay, you know, Purdue, we know you have a quick-strike offense. Well, we're going to burn up as much clock as we can. And, uh, you know, the Gophers came away with just a, a, an Abbott Carpenter field goal on that one, which was, you know, honestly kind of a questionable decision at the time. Um, you're going up against a high-powered, high-octane offense, and you're down on basically the four yard line, and it's sort of like, well, do you do you decide to take the three points, which should be a gimme from from Carpenter, or do you try and go for it because you think you're going to get into a, a horse race? Everybody kick the field goal, go okay, fine. Um, and then lo and behold, you know, defense comes out, gets a gets a quick stop, and uh, Purdue gets the field goal to tie it up. And 3-3 after the first quarter, you think you're right in this. And then the Gophers put some more plays together. And, um, you know, a couple of horrible drops. Uh, you know. <laughs> okay, what was with that Ottman Bell? 
I, I didn't get to see it live, but I saw like the gif of it from CJ Zero. Well, that the the Ottman Bell wasn't that bad. It was the Demetrius Douglas one that was downright embarrassing, where he didn't have anybody within fifteen twenty yards of him. And granted, he probably would have had to make one guy move to get a touchdown, but he was thinking touchdown before he caught the ball as he was running, 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 and it was basically if if anybody out there remembers Vikings Troy Williamson. It was it was about one of those where he looked up, the ball basically went through his arms, hit him in the numbers, and then dropped to the ground. It was awful. <laughs> Which in another game we'd be lamenting that one and, and, and swearing about it right now instead of joking. Um But the the gophers went down and, and you know, they found different ways to score. The the running game was great. Uh the offensive line was creating huge holes for, for Muhammad Ibrahim. Uh Seth Green threw another touchdown. Um you know, and, and that was, if you listen to the radio broadcast as well, uh, Daryl Thompson was calling that as, as every time Seth Green was in the Wildcat, they were putting nine guys in the box. So you just knew one of those times that pass was going to be there. And he got the easy touchdown pass to Jake Paulson. Uh, First catch of his collegiate career, by the second, way, for Jake Paulson. Second. Yeah, it was. The, second? Touchdown, the second was the second. He had, he had one earlier in, the, earlier in the game was his first one. Oh. Yeah, that's what you get for not watching the first half. I mean, um, I suppose getting a touchdown on your second pass is almost as good. Yeah. So no, that was a, and that was a huge play, um, and and it really set the tone. Uh, the Gopher defense. I mean, again, what wh- what the hell was this? We haven't seen a defense like this since arguably probably Fresno State. Um, just to to give you a rough number, which really tells you the the story of the game. Uh. Purdue was 0 for 12 on third downs in the game. That's an absurd stat, by the way. It's insane. And it's not because they kept scoring or advancing on first and second down like Illinois did last week. <laughs> I mean, they, they ended up 3 for 5 on, on fourth down because they got a couple in garbage time. But but the first their first third or fourth down conversion was the the David Blau sneak from about four inches. At one point they were one for thirteen on third and fourth down at the game, and then they got a couple of cheap fourth down conversions late in the game. I mean that's that's mind boggling from a weir- where we were a week ago. Um, that's mind boggling from where we were against fucking New Mexico State. Honestly, yeah. so um, I don't know if it's Joe Rossi. I don't know if the team just decided to come together and sack up. Uh, all I know is if they can play this type of defense next week against Northwestern, that game is by far not out of the question. And, I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Da, 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 da. But if they could somehow figure out how to do that against Wisconsin, we might actually win the Axe for the first time in 15 years. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do it, and there's no even remote insinuation that to give you any encouragement that the Gophers are going to find another way to do that one or two more weeks the rest of the season. It's just an if. If they can somehow do that, not only are we going to a bowl, but we could possibly beat arguably Wisconsin's worst team in about 10 years um, for the first time in, in 14 or 15 years, whatever it is. I mean, let's be honest. An if, a chance, however you want to term it, after last week... That's just a Festivus miracle. Oh, yeah. After, after last week, we were trying to figure out how Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to set uh, the all-time single-game rushing record against us. And and to be fair, maybe he still does. Uh, let's not actually think too hard about that. But 
the fact of the matter is, is that this game was completely unexpected. And I think just the most wonderful palate cleanser I could possibly imagine as a Minnesota fan. Like, just absolutely really resets everything. Like, I don't, I'm not a person who, who celebrates in the, in the despair or, or, or bad moments of somebody else, uh, unless they are Wisconsin or Iowa. Um, both who lost today, by the way. Oh, darn. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and like bag on Rob Smith, but this really has been kind of a cleansing week. Rob Smith, uh, does not, uh, remain as Minnesota's defensive coordinator, and we go out and absolutely smoke Purdue, which I, yeah. I mean, even when I, even after Fresno State early in the season when things are feeling good, that's not an outcome that I was real confident in because Purdue has a lot of explosiveness on offense, and Jeff Brome, I mean, the dude calls a good game, usually. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm a little questionable on, on Purdue's play calling today. Now, granted, they tried running the ball a little bit, and the Gophers did a pretty good job of stuffing it down, but they basically then went away from the run for two and a half quarters. I think I, I'd have to look at the stats to be sure, but I'm pretty sure Purdue had, like, three rushing attempts in the first half and then maybe one or two more in the third quarter. They didn't start running the ball until it was 41-3, to three, and the game was completely out of hand. And then all of a sudden they started getting seven, eight yards to carry again. Now, it was garbage time, and I'm not going to say that, but lo and behold, it might be a whole other ballgame if Purdue tries to reestablish the run, you know, in the second quarter. But for whatever reason, they decided to try and air it out all the time, and the Minnesota defense, A, they got great pass rush. Minnesota had three sacks, not one from a guy named Carter Coughlin. Um... And they played good pass defense downfield. Again, not sure whether it was Joe Rossi, different philosophy, but we didn't see a whole ton of the uh, eight-yard cushion. The Gophers were playing up, man-to-man, and uh, they got a lot of good coverage, and it made it made David Blauer run for his life a few times, and he was very inaccurate. Um, you could tell he was not a fan of the cold weather. So, <laughs> uh, you know, put it all together, and it, it's a blowout win for the Gophers. Uh, you know, it's November. It could be cold the next two weekends. Anything can happen. But uh, all in all, I mean, if if you can't feel overjoyed watching this team today, you've, you've got yourself a problem. I, I just want to point out that I am once again jealous that I have yet to experience a, a snow game uh, at TCF Bank Stadium. You've gotten all the snow games because you live there. And I get none of the snow games. I've had games where there was snow on the ground, but it's not the same thing. And I want a damn snow game, Andy. It uh, it, it makes the cold air feel about uh, about ten degrees warmer when it starts to snow. That's for sure. Um, you know, yeah, it it looks gorgeous. You'll see some of the pictures out there and some of the video. I mean, especially once the uh, it got dark and the lights were on. And I mean, it's a it's a gorgeous setting. You know. Uh, I won't complain too much about it that by the time the third quarter started and it got really pretty, there were probably 12,000 people left in the seats because Minnesota fans are fickle. And you would think that growing (laughs) up here, they would know how to dress for the cold, but at least 5,000 people at halftime decided, you know what? Yeah, we're too cold, so we're going to head for the exits in a 13-3 bleeping football game. Um, But, you know, 
I won't complain about that too much because we just won a football game by 32 points. So. And yeah, I think the bigger story here is that we have 5,000 psychics living in the state of Minnesota. At least 5,000 psychics. That's the real story from today. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. I, we could we could talk about this for a while, but I kind of feel like it's like they kicked ass, they won. Let's just go to Nectons, man. Definitely, yeah. I think uh, you know there's lots of uh, lots of people to choose from today, but I think we've narrowed it down to a a select few. All right. Well, I'm going Joe Rossi because I don't know what the hell that defense was, but I want more of it. And if he can bring more of it, he probably gets himself a, a DC official DC position. If we're being honest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think you'll have any argument from the fan base. I think they'll they'll want everybody to do the national search anyways. But, uh, yeah, if uh, he can somehow get this defense to play on this level the next two games, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to have too much trouble getting this job on a permanent basis. Now, you know, again, whether it can or not, a lot of things went right today for this Gopher defense. Um, and one of the primary ones would be my choice for next time of the game. Blake Cashman decided to have himself a heck of a ball game. Uh, and Cashman's been a bit streaky this year. He's had some great games, and then he had some games like last week against Illinois where he just disappeared and was not good at all. Uh, today, seven solo tackles, two more assisted tackles for nine total, uh, half sack, which accounts for half tackle for loss. Um, oh, yeah, and that forced fumble and scoop and score for 40 yards that uh, basically well, effectively put the nail in the coffin for Purdue as they pretty much looked like they had no interest in being on that field after that uh, early score in the third quarter. Yeah, something about coming out, getting the ball, and then suddenly being down seven points 50 seconds into a half will do that to a team, I think. No, totally agree. And uh, no, he, he was he was everywhere on the field today. He and uh, Thomas Barber both. Thomas Barber also, um, while didn't, quite have as, as flashy. He had, you know, well, basically the only reason was as flashy is he didn't have the forced fumble and the touchdown. Uh, he had eight tackles and a sack and a half today, uh, which made up for his terrible game against Illinois last week. So um, whether it was Rossi just had him sitting in the right gaps and they didn't float or they didn't get, they didn't get rubbed off, uh, Gopher linebackers were back to having themselves uh, great games today and hopefully they can Figure that out a couple more. I think uh, also having a great game, unanimous offensive neck down of the week, uh, offensive line. Because <laughs> I'll tell you right now, uh, Purdue fan, well, I, my friend Matt and then also a buddy of his who showed up a little later, just were, were really, really annoyed with the holes in the second half. And uh, yeah, offensive line had themselves a game, uh, opened things up for Muhammad Ibrahim. Yep, that they did. Uh, 22 first downs as a team for the Gophers. 11 of them came on the ground. Um, you know, whether it was Ibrahim or whether it was Bryce Williams or Seth Green, uh, the offensive line, Donnell Green and uh, Connor Olson on that left side were a beast. They The Gophers like to run that way quite a bit. Daniel Falele, again, since he's come into this lineup, has really solidified that right tackle spot. Um and, and really has been a solid member since he, he began to play. Um, and then you've got Jared Weiler at center and, and Blaze Andrews at uh, at right guard. 
Um, you know, and I found it interesting. I uh, while in the stadium, often listen to the radio broadcast, and both Grimm and Daryl Thompson were saying that, you know, it seems like uh, this this offensive line has gotten a little bit nastier here in the last um, in the last few weeks, because he was commenting that this they were playing to the whistle every single time, and that's why you saw Purdue pick up so many stupid penalties, is basically they were sick of the Gopher offensive line pushing and shoving them until the whistle blew, so they didn't like that very much, so they reacted by doing stupid things after the whistle, uh, and giving us 15-yard penalties, which, you know, only helped. But, um, no, they, they both were, you know, they all were saying that this, this offensive line is really gelling into a unit, a mean, nasty unit, and you know, if they're starting to, to really find their peak now, again, that's uh, that's pretty good timing here if we come into the uh, last two games needing at least one of them to, to play into December. Race to maturity, I think we're in agreement. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim? Yeah, he had another great game. Uh, Ibrahim, let's pull up the stats here, 18 carries, 156 yards, 155 yards, sorry. Um, long of 43, he didn't get into the end zone today. But uh, I think you take 8.6 uh, yards per carry every single time, even if you don't get the end zone. Um, you know, Seth Green vultured him once again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he's, uh, I mean, Seth Green, what what can you say? He's He's lived beyond expectations that I think anybody reasonably had on him coming into the year. Uh, ran for one, threw for one. Um, you know, he's a, he's a legitimate threat in the red zone. And... Uh, you know this team. If they can, if they can get everything clicking, this team has some a lot of talent. It's just a matter of sometimes it doesn't always click. But if they can get everything to click, they're they're better than their record shows. That's for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, interesting little stat that I got from watching Flex post game press conference. Ibrahim uh, three one hundred yard games as a freshman. First freshman to do that since Lawrence Maroney. There you go. I, you know, a lot of people are comparing Williams and uh, Ibrahim to the to the Maroney Barber days, and you know the, the the scary thing about this is is Ibrahim really has some has some talent. Uh, he's going to be the number three running back on the death chart next season. Yeah, that that's they're going to remain. <laughs> Ibrahim and Williams are going to remain number three and number four conceivably because Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks come back. Yeah. And then they basically will, I mean, assuming they, I mean, I, as we've seen with injuries, you can't predict anything, but even assuming they don't get a ton of work next year, then they come back and, oh, by the way, you've got a running back that's already run for 900 yards as a freshman who's basically jumping in as a junior starter. So uh, this gopher running game is in really good hands for the uh, the next few years with this offensive line and uh if if they can if they can get one of these quarterbacks to really develop and, and turn into a, a big time passing threat, this offense is gonna be scary good to watch in a couple of years. I love optimism Saturdays. Optimism Saturdays are the best. It feels so much better. And and, and I'm sure there's gonna be some people listening to this going, What what why why are you guys talking this crazy talk after last week when the season was over? And and I mean it's amazing what a forty two to ten game will do for you. <laughs> now I mean they could come back out and lay an egg next week against Northwestern, and we could be moaning the history of this team and what's going on all over again. But at least for you know, twenty four hours today, and at least through through the week, the the optimism is is back, and maybe it's a little too optimistic. But you know what? Uh, I don't really care, and uh, 
I don't either. I mean, and, and not to that anybody else is listening to this because of our non-football takes, but just everything else Gopher is turning up. I mean, you've got uh, the men's hockey team winning in Madison last night. You've got the volleyball team getting ready to clinch a Big Ten title. You've got um, the soccer. soccer team upsetting Auburn on the on road. On the road. First road NCAA tournament victory in school history is they get to go to, to UCLA next week and try and pull off an even huger upset. Um, you've got, you know, women's basketball, Lindsey Whalen selling out the barn Friday night. Uh, things in Maroon and Goldland are, are going really well right now, and uh, you just hope that they continue and keep this momentum going on uh, through the end of the month. Optimism Saturday, folks. Get with it. Raise a glass. Celebrate. Get on board. Because let's face it, in Gopherland, it goes away at times. So, you know, you got you to gotta hug it, hold it close, embrace it when it comes. And today is one of those days. I, Andy, I got nothing else, man. I am ready to enjoy the rest of my weekend, get into the week, and hopefully see the Gophers, you know, take the somehow in the Big Ten title game, <laughs> Northwestern Wildcats, beat them, and go bowl eligible. Yeah, the Northwest, Northwestern's due to sleepwalk through a game because they got nothing to play for anymore. So let's uh, let's go out and and shock the world again next week and and beat the uh, the the Big Ten West champion Cats and uh, let's let's lock up that bull bid before we head to Madison. I like it. All right, friends. Uh, thanks again for listening. Go Gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. <laughs>